Welcome to Fintech Insider Interviews. My name is David Breer, and today I am joined by Claire Kalmajan. Claire, you're the Director of Digital Center of Excellence, is that right? Or have I murdered this in terms of the, the job title already? Paul Moser, Director of Innovation and Digital Center of Excellence. Two roles in one, that's, that's pretty <laughs> impressive. So th- thanks very much for, for coming and joining us. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit more about the role then, because that sounds like a, a, a quite an exciting one if in terms of all of the things that are happening in the market and, and actually all of the changes that have been happening at Lloyd. So tell us what, a little bit more about your job. Sure. Um, so first, Lloyd's Banking Group, you know, the, the biggest bank uh, in the UK um, with a very simple strategy across retail and commercial. Uh, we have 28 million customers, 12 million online, 8 million on mobile. I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about that. And one of the specificities of Lloyd's is we created uh, a digital division, which is led by Zach Meehan and directly report to Antonio, our CEO. Um, the digital division is a blend of uh, you know, different uh, specialists that come from uh, the new disciplines uh, you can see in the, in the digital world. Uh, so you will find service designers, technologists, uh, digital product manager, uh, working all together, so from the business, from IT lines, in order to deliver uh, the service uh, for our customer of the biggest digital bank in the UK. Um, so I think you know one of the uh, conclusions Zach uh, you know quickly reached when he set up the division was actually um, how do we manage transforming the core of the transformation of the bank and meeting the customer needs that are evolving, but also uh, keep our innovation engine running. And just to share a little anecdote with you, but I think when he asked me the first time, you know, will you do the job? I was a bit like, oh, should we not have you know everybody in the division? Uh, to, to embrace innovation and to understand this new concept coming from fintech um, and, and to embrace this culture. And I think, you know, the reality is you're always, you know, transforming a core business is, is very difficult and very challenging. Um, and the transformation program uh, we launched, which is a one billion uh, transformation program over three years, um, transforming 10 journeys that are the most used by the customer, consume a lot of effort and traction because it's not just a, it's not anymore a digital channel story only. Uh, it's how do you uh, transform the back office, the middle office operation, and the front office. So all the way through, through your thinking from a customer interaction, mobile first, uh, and how do you redefine this process underneath it? So uh, where where my team play a role, uh, and so the role I have is uh, to uh, harness, you know, like a disruption, new business model, new technologies uh, that are coming uh, from from the outside space most of the time, you know, from uh, uh, from the fintech, from the startup, from the tech giants, uh, and bring them back. So how about how do we think about right to left strategies? Uh, how do you enable them? Um, and I think you know we 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 had. Um, uh, when we set up the lab th- uh, three years ago now, uh, we, we have a, a strategy set, set on four pillars. Um, the first one is de-risking the group strategy. The second one is making innovation the job of everyone. The third one is finding the best partners in the fintech and tech ecosystem. And we push a lot our muscles and our engine about the collaboration um, and how do we prepare uh, for, for, for the world, you know, that is uh, uh, post-open banking. And I will say the last one is all around our people, uh, because people is, at the end, the biggest asset uh, of, of any of this type of transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I lead this team of uh, uh, 50 people that are, uh, you know, we call them trailblazer and pathfinder. 
Um, and and yeah, I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about some of the things we are doing. Well, that's that's fantastic because it's it's really about digital transformation from the the inside out. So you're you know you're changing what you're doing in order to change the way it actually manifests itself out to the customer, which is absolutely the right thing to do. Before we I guess delve into that a little bit more, then tell us a little bit more about your background because obviously you've been in uh, financial services for a little bit longer than just Lloyd. So how did you get into uh, to this role? It's a fascinating story. Uh, so I'm an IT engineer by background. I was lucky uh, to, uh, to start in consulting and to go across different sectors. So I started in government, uh, then I worked for airline to redefine their customer experience at a point in time where, you know, like uh, everything on the boarding pass was paper. And when I was saying like, you know, everything will go in a mobile ticket, sometime I will face uh, into people that were like, surely this will never happen, Clara. And I was like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's going to be the sense of the story. Um, and I think for me, all the assignments I always took was um, about impact and about how do you make it better? Uh, how, do you, how do you find a sense of purpose? Um, that, uh, that, that make me, uh, you know, wanted to get out of bed in the morning. Um, so when I went to MIT and I, I looked at how do you digitize large corporate, uh, you know, I, I think I could not resist to then <laughs> join one and I met Zach. Uh, and for me, it was really a, an opportunity I didn't want it to miss out. Um, so I think two components. The first one was finance really, uh, uh is a domain that I've, I saw was trans transformed more and more, yeah. uh, by digital. Uh, seven years ago, and that's really the moment where I decided to make it my specialization. Uh, and you will find some of uh, my PowerPoint with the first, you know, like little startup everywhere are still probably online. Um, and then I think, you know, finding at least an organization that were really committed and I found in the structure and the, and the, and the setup of our digital units, you know, like uh, make me believe, you know, like uh, that they would be successful. Yeah, and I'm a I'm a big believer myself of having that technical background. I think gives you a real advantage. You know, increasingly we're seeing banking moving to be a, a sort of a much more of a technological play. Uh, how critical has that I guess been in the success of really sort of moving the moving the needle in Lloyd's? So it's it's inter it's an interesting challenge that I don't think is a is a lost challenge only about um, you know like uh, being leaders that are what we call the T-shape, and we call it the double T-shape now. Uh, so you have a technology uh, uh, leg, uh, you have uh, a business uh, leg, uh, and you just have uh, you know, your range of soft skills uh, in terms of management. So we, we call that the double T-shape. And, and the question is, where do you find them? How do you find the talent? And you know, that's, that's one of our main focus uh, in the bank. Um, so one of the things we did is we identify seven core capabilities uh, that are required uh, for the bank uh, in the digital era. So some of these capabilities are around customer experience, service design, uh, data and analytics, digital product management, uh, innovation and fintech, uh, digital marketing, which is a new skill, uh, you know, around the, uh, but that is quite critical around e-commerce and obviously everything around mobile. Uh, that, that will go around. So the first thing was, you know, let's let's identify um, what are the core elements that are differential to a role that you can have in a in a traditional bank. And then we build our digital academy yeah. uh, that uh, offer that is available for seventy five thousand colleagues uh, and and offer you different type of trainings that co can go from specialists to uh, more. Uh, okay, I go online. Uh, and I can uh, just understand what is blockchain or what is a, a new business model in marketplace lending. Uh, the second thing we did is uh, was uh, to transform uh, our talent attraction 
um, system by launching a, a digital hub which talk about the stories uh, of our colleagues and the realization we have for the customer more than talking more than having a, a traditional job ad uh, that you will find, uh, you know, in a, in a traditional banking website. But I think it's a, it's a continuous tension, you know, like, uh, I have people, uh, across the banks that tell, you know, come and say, okay, how do I recruit the talent? And I'm sure it's one of your challenges as well, uh, to be honest. How do you find this, uh, double T-shaped people? Um, and I don't think there is a, a right or wrong answer here. I think, you know, this is about, understanding in your strategy um, how much of the own groom you want, how much of the talent acquisition and disruption you want, and just be very clear um, around building that over time because it's not a, an, an overnight story. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think it's a really interesting one because, uh, you know, there's such a balance between sort of, uh, you know, changes to culture and changes to technology. And arguably, you know, in various different organizations that we work, you can see the, the dull being harder on one of them than the other. Um, where do you, I guess, see the, the sort of major challenges in the industry at the moment? Not, not specifically talking about Lloyd's here, but do you think it's mostly a technological issue or do you think it's a, a, one of a kind of a, a cultural one in terms of how you really sort of unshackle people to kind of do things? Because there's always smart people. It's kind of just giving them permission sometimes, right? It's about, it's about giving permission to people, but I will frame it slightly differently. I don't think it's a technology or a, a culture at the beginning of the story, I think it's a customer story. I think what is happening is customer needs are changing and their expectations are changing. So we are just, you know, talking about today's Facebook results uh, for Q1. They announced 1.9 billion of users, 1.2 billion in Facebook Messenger. Facebook Messenger is led by the, you know, exit of PayPal. Um, so clearly, you know, they are looking at um, offering remittance system and financial services to their customer. Uh, in the space, WhatsApp is 1.2 billion users as well, uh, and is looking about, you know, like, how do I offer, how do I leverage my secure channel also for corporate? So, um, you know, and, and you, you've seen the last stats. If I talk, we talk about the bat and WeChat, uh, but, uh, WeChat user will spend 90 minutes in average wow. in the WeChat channel. Go, just going back to WhatsApp, but WhatsApp sends 60 billion of text per day. We are 6 billion in the planet. So, you know, just like, just make the math. So, you know, Customer behavior are evolving, yeah. and therefore, you know, like the way they do their finance is changing, uh, and it's the responsibility of financial services organization uh, to undertake this transformation. Yeah, and, and I think that that changing dynamic is really interesting, isn't it? Because we're, you know, we're moving from a place where the the banks have, have pretty much been left to their own devices for a while, uh, you know, maybe going back five, ten years ago. You know, fintechs really come in and, and given a, you know, turned up the heat, I'd say. I don't think we've seen massive, you know, swathes of comp uh, customers moving away from, you know, the traditional players, but arguably, to, you know, all the people you talk about there, the, the Facebooks, the, uh, you know, Alipays, the Alibabas, uh, WeChat as a platform, you know, the dynamic of who banks need to compete with or even who the points of collaboration are going to be with are going to be very different, aren't they? So if it's exciting, but it's a very changing landscape, isn't it? It, it is a changing landscape, but, uh, you know, I think the business model of banking remain uh, around uh, managing risk. Uh, how do you manage your balance sheet? Uh, how do you, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, uh, you know, like uh, do the basics that are there? And this is not changing and this is not a space where we see a lot of people competing yeah. at the moment. I think where fintech uh, and tech giant interactives they set the bar differently in terms of customer experience um, and they just provide different type of technology interaction. So I think that's where what you were saying around 
the collaboration become critical. I think so, but but it's clearly the way some of this ecosystem, you know, like uh, uh, we always talk about that, but a Google user is very different from an Apple user that is different uh, uh, from a Microsoft user. Some of the stories are interesting, you know, Amazon uh, obviously entering in uh, in lending uh, and lending, uh, and have been lending now 1.1 billion uh, with 600 million last year uh, is obviously something, you know, like you, you start to look, okay, what are, what are the intentions and how does it go? I think when it comes to fintech, uh, what's interesting is you have 15,000 fintech out there, $75 billion uh, investment overall accumulated. Uh, that's clearly something you know nobody can ignore. I mean, the ecosystem is there to stay. Sure. Uh, I think what we've seen is over the last seven years is disruption started in payments, then marketplace lending, uh, then we've seen blockchain and some smaller areas like, you know, wealth, robo-advisor. I know we see machine learning AI and insurtech coming the way. And I think, you know, if you look forward, you will probably see cybersecurity uh, coming quite soon uh, and everything um, around rec tech and really, uh, you know, like uh, our software eating risk for breakfast <laughs> to uh, uh, take the, the famous phrase of, uh, of Mark Anderson. But at the same time, this, this investment is mostly VC investment. Um, and this year, you know, clearly what we have seen is a business model of this fintech shifting uh, from a B2C model to a B2B model and working much more into the collaboration. And I think that's where that was, you know, like when we started to set up the lab, you know, that's, that's what we saw, you know, that was, you know, where we, where we put our bets, if I can say. And, and obviously our partnership with Startup Bootcamp uh, was uh, one of the way to set our collaboration right. Uh, to not try to, uh, uh, you know, like uh, uh, overdo, but to work with specialists uh, that are from this environment to guide us as well towards uh, the right path. So uh, another thing that I found uh, fascinating is we launched last year our, our FinTech Mentorship Scheme. So we are deploying uh, 100 of our top uh, leaders to be mentors uh, to these FinTech businesses. And we know of, uh, you know, very well progress our match. So it's still very early days to say what what's going to be uh, uh, the result and the outcome. Um, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because at the end, all of that is what we call corporate learning. And I think, you know, you have different mechanisms to acquire corporate learning. A CVC is another one. So, but they all reach the same thing, which is how do you make this collaboration work? Uh, how, how do you enable that in, the, in, a, in a mutual way that is beneficial for the startup and for the, for the large corporate. Well, it, it all feels like it's moving it forward. And definitely, you know, when I've, I've come in and, and seen you guys with the, uh, the digital espressos and everything, it feels like you're, you're doing everything to kind of put the foundations in place to really, like I say, change the culture to sort of change the bank, which is, which is fantastic. So I think you're, you know, do really sort of moving the agenda forward, which is great. How, how do you sort of see the, I guess the dynamic with the regulatory change, you know, we've, we've seen, uh, payments were, were almost a, uh, an outlier that people could go after to start with. And, you know, the holy grail of current accounts is, and the data, the richness of that, that, uh, was almost protected through regs for quite a long time. But we're seeing things like PSD2 and we're seeing open banking and, you know, really those sacred cows are sort of slowly being, You've got to earn it rather than just it being yours, haven't you? And I think that that dynamic is changing. How do you see open banking and uh, I guess PSD2 particularly? How do you see that affecting Lloyd's? So I think there is. So I mean, the, the first thing is, you know, the data is the data of the customer. 
And so ultimately, uh, this is oh, about... The, the amount of times somebody tells me <laughs> who owns the customer, who owns the data. But yeah, no, I completely but, agree with you. But the data is the data of the customer. And I think that's the starting point of, of this story. I think when you look at, uh, for me, you know, like when I think about uh, the journey of the future of a customer, uh, when you will get up and you will get, you know, your, you know, you have a, a brush... Uh, you know, like that will tell you exactly what do you need to eat, where is your level of vitamin. Uh, I'll be honest, that's not, I like it, maybe brushing my beard, but that's just not going to be appealing to me, is it? But <laughs> Exactly, maybe more for me. Yeah, yeah. You will have a toothbrush. Maybe, that would work. There is, um, you know, there is a, an IoT toothbrush uh, that is uh, sending directly information uh, to uh, your dentist, but also wow. for your health. Uh, it's in an, um, in an accelerator in Paris at the moment. Scary. You get push notifications uh, to uh, brush harder or, uh, yeah. or uh, you know, make sure you're forcing <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that, these are little things that, that are starting to enter in our life. And, you know, like uh, having an Amazon Echo at home, uh, where, uh, you know, you start having your deliveries that arrive directly, linked with a delivery or Uber on the back of it. Uh, and then, you know, like automated cars when you go to work uh, that provide you a different short experience. And then the way you work uh, is also changing. Yeah. Uh, so is also changing because we want to work differently. Uh, you know, we want to work flexibly with uh, leveraging all the advantage of Internet. Uh, and obviously, companies want to have uh, the efficiency as it is coming also from, from this type of network and, and it goes also in our, in our kids' life when they learn and when they teach and when they get a teacher. So, you know, I think, you know, some of the announcements and it's more 10 years away, but that Facebook was making around augmented reality, virtual reality and making the camera, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, really an augmentation. You, you can really extrapolate, you know, like some of the, what we call the MOOC, you know, the online course uh, that are now free, all this knowledge that is free through a platform like linda.com uh, and, and, you know, how this will evolve uh, to a much more integrated uh, interaction uh, for the customer. So if we think a bit about the journey I was, I was just describing very quickly, uh, what are the three components that are differentiators? So the first one is your interaction. We're not talking about channel anymore. I'm just talking about voice. I'm talking about, you know, high level of experiences, uh, you know, and, and everything that go with that. I'm talking about an environment that is connected through a platform. Yeah. Um, and so th this platform will enable me to uh, get insight and personalization uh, in everything I do. And I'm talking about the data. Uh, that is underneath it, to your point about uh, uh, open banking and PSD2. But this data uh, is not the data you have today that are on data warehouse, that are sitting uh, in uh, systems that could be from banks or could be from retailers. But actually, they are data that are real-time, uh, that are stored, uh, you know, and refresh uh, in regular basis and can provide you a very different type of insight. So uh, I, I really look at this stack, you know, the interaction, the platform, uh, and the data, and for me, that provide you uh, your next generation uh, of uh, of banking, uh, uh, as you as you will see it. Mm. Um, I think the second point is, you know, considering you know, for me there is four macro trends uh, that are that are a bit shaping you, you know the landscape. So you know, start from the customer, and then four macro trends uh, in the environment. The first one is, you know, like uh, uh, you kind of have a tension between uh, globalization. And we are talking about the GAFAs and the BATs, so the Google, Amazon, Facebook, yeah. uh, Apple, which now are the top five company of the world, uh, you know, that are EV weighted in, in terms of market capitalization. Uh, the BAT, which are these Chinese giants uh, that are entering the market, so Baidu, Alibaba, Tencent, 
which are more financially enabled uh, and, and have you know more interest uh, in the financial space. Uh, but at the same time, at government level, you know, like uh, we have Trump. Uh, you know, in France, we have Marine Le Pen. Uh, we have Renzi in Italy. So you you know, like there there are you know this dynamic going, uh, which which we need to assess. And if you look at the trends of the GDP curve overall, and you can look at the World Economic Forum, you know, really the GDP that is growing is China at the moment. But there are also questions that we are at Davos about how we calculating the GDP because some of the values that is coming from the digital economy uh, sometimes is intangible. So should we change that? So Wikipedia is free. You know, like, you know, does it mean, how do you measure, you know, the, the free model? So we listen to Spotify, we've never listened to better music, but it's working the premium model. So that, that's really the first trend. The second one is for me, the evolution of the workforce um, and the fact that, you know, companies, uh, the span of companies now uh, on, the, on the top 100 uh, is 15 years. So they, they, they stay 15 years in the top 100 and then they move. Uh, so there is clearly something that is a bit, uh, you know, like uh, changing uh, in terms of the dynamics and what we, we, you know, some of the books of uh, David Gray, uh, that is called The Connected Company, uh, explain, uh, you know, some of the, uh, these top companies are more connected, what we call more than the hierarchical traditional structure. Uh, that you can see, I think the third, the third part is the technology disruption, the third trend, so, you know, machine learning AI, open APIs, as we've been discussing it, uh, you know, like uh, Internet of Things, uh, robotics are, you know, like uh, disruption trends that are coming, but they have horizon that are not necessarily, uh, you know, in the next two years, but sometimes uh, uh, much more longer. And the first one for me is a bit the conversation we were having at the beginning, which is the way we've been building competi competition today is you have a big pot of money, you put your best people on the project. And, and you and I were talking about that recently about the, you know, financial wellness and financial wellness and, and money manager. But the, but the way traditionally companies have think about the competition was, you know, a, a traditional mechanism. Yeah. Uh, and so I think what you see more and more is the notion of collaboration and outside in. Um, and I will, I will just take an example of uh, uh, the dinosaur uh, and, the, and, and why dinosaur didn't survive. Uh, and I don't know, I was reading this article of Wired uh, a couple of, uh, couple of weeks back. And I, I don't know if you know the reason, but the reason is the egg. Okay. Uh, so the, the story is uh, the egg of a dinosaur take a period of uh, six to nine months uh, to incubate, okay. uh, and then out of that, you know, still need to grow yeah. out of the uh, out of the egg and develop. Uh, so in a period uh, where uh, you know time were tough, uh, the, the dinosaur compared to other species yeah. uh, that will have a very short cycle of three to four weeks, uh, and then uh, reach uh, adult size very quickly. Uh, well, you know th that's the reason of the extension. And if you think about um, the way IT systems work currently in a large company, uh, so you know like uh, uh, the traditional life cycle. Uh, and, you know, a lot of, you know, including those, but a lot of us start to embrace agile methodology. And I can talk about that, but let's take the concept. Uh, you know, like uh, you start uh, with uh, uh, your project, your ideas that come from a managing director. It probably take like, you know, two to three years before you see the first version to the market. Yeah. And then it probably take another two to three years before, you know, you take the customer feedback, you embed it. Uh, and it's and it's really uh, you know like uh, there so you know this period could be four to five years uh, between the ideas that was there uh, and really the products that satisfy uh, the customer needs. If you look at the product development in Apple, for example, uh, and the iPhone, uh, you know what uh, you know each year there are 
they are publishing a new product yeah. and so you make your update and it's you know real time uh, and it gets there so for me this is a comparison of uh, you know like uh, no I, I can completely agree with that I, th I think the really interesting thing there is that it's it's almost like the lead is being set almost out of industry isn't it you know like like you say Apple reinvent and, and create a whole new iPhone it may look very similar every year but the the technology the software is evolved uh, and that's setting a pretty high bar isn't it um, so in the context of, of Lloyd's who is it who's really sort of inspiring you to continually be better? So I think in the, in the context of uh, a transformation across industry, for me, what is interesting is business that have really embraced digital and really made them part uh, of their of their core. Um, and, there, and there are very few of them, if you don't think about the tech giants, but you actually go in a, uh, in industries that have, that have actually transformed. One of the examples I really like is Nike that have shifted their uh, business model from selling, sh selling shoes to selling new, you know, like services. So today we all use Nike Plus and, you know, you're a runner, I'm a runner. Uh, so, you know, we all have our little, you know, connected device. Yeah. I click on the website. We are part of a club. We have the running club of Nike. So, you know, it's, it's really a platform. Uh, they've, they've really leveraged the concept of platform uh, and, and ecosystem that is around. Interestingly, you know, like I was recently reading their, their Q1 results, and I don't know if you've seen, but uh, uh, their revenue dropped uh, when they shifted their uh, B2B model to the B2C model. Uh, so, what, you know, it, it's it just like, it's just, just another example of the complexity of, you know, this transformation uh, and how do you weight, you know, like some of this transfer. Um, I think that's a real key thing. It's, it's kind of the move from uh, people selling shoes to people selling experiences and services. You know, it's a it is a big change, isn't it? Do, do you think we can make that change in, in banking? I think it's, it's it's happening to some extent. I mean, we talk about uh, financial wellness. We talk about uh, uh, making it. Uh, I don't think you talk about anymore about selling a mortgage. I think you talk about buying your home and the experience to buy your home. And that's really the nature of our transformation program, uh, which is, you know, when we talk about the 10 journeys of the customer, we talk about, I want to buy your home, I want to set up a business. You know, we, we don't talk about, I want to give you a mortgage or, um, you know, let's, let's talk about your working capital. Fantastic. The Financial Times guides you through complex issues. In divisive times, don't settle for black and white. When you need the full perspective, turn to FT.com. Become a subscriber today. Search for FT subscription. Critical mass. That's what turns the smallest ventures into life-changing forces. Reach critical mass by joining Temenos Open Marketplace for fintechs. Opening up access to 2,000 of the world's largest financial institutions. Don't just take our word for it. Temenos Marketplace has just won Reader's Choice Best Emerging Innovative Technology Product and Service at the 2016 Banking Technology Awards. Join Temenos now. We make the money go round. Let's be honest. Most digital banking experiences just aren't that amazing. Learn how more than 180 banks worldwide, including Barclays, Deutsche Bank, and BBVA, innovate faster with Strands as their trusted fintech partner. To find out more, visit strands.com today. A little bit more about you before we we actually sort of wrap up. Then I guess you you know you've been at, at Lloyd's for a, a little while now. Um, you're obviously going into a for for those who are listening to this and, and not uh, not viewing the video of this one. Claire is very heavily pregnant right now. Um, <laughs> how, how long have you got? 
<laughs> three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, wow. So, three weeks. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you so much for coming and joining us. Taking the risk of this, we we uh, we should have warned the guys about the uh, the, the risks to the sofa we're sitting on potentially. But uh, um, but what what's, what's probably been the the highlight over that? Because because like I say, there's been significant changes in in the organisation. So you know what what's been the highlight for you in terms of the the journey that you've had with Lloyd's? It's it's been interesting. So I I joined as a as a delivery lead uh, and built most of our servicing stack. Uh, in very early days of digital banking. And I think it was just a very unique moment that will never happen in the industry again to be the first one uh, to even uh, negotiate you know, for a customer uh, your mortgage contract to make sure at midnight you can access you know, your online and, and, and go online because uh, I think we can talk about the technology part, but uh, uh, most of the early work was really around also contract renegotiation and really rethinking uh, you know, as is this process end to end. But uh, uh, I was lucky, uh, you know, enough after to uh, start this innovation journey. And for me, it's been, uh, uh, we've, we've built over 100 experiments, 30 of them are in production. Uh, some of them are very simple, like, uh, you know, touch ID, uh, but that make a massive difference uh, for people about the way they, they access their finance. Um, and I will say, you know, David, often people ask me, why are you not going to a startup? Or, you know, like, why do you work in a bank? So that's the dilemma of being an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur, I guess. And as I was mentioning, for me, it's, it's, it's always been about impact. Uh, it's always been about being able to, to make it, you know, like better and using digital to remake the customer experience easier, simpler, more inclusive. Um, and, you know, it's easy to say, uh, it's hard to do when you are, uh, in a large organization as much as it's hard to do when you have a startup. It's very true. Uh, <laughs> having things that you can say, you know, a million people have been using is, is a, is a big deal, isn't it? It's nice to have that impact in terms of where you're going. It's tough work though. So I, I guess probably follow up questions to that is, you know, from a productivity perspective, like, and with all of the different things that you're doing and, you know, the amount yeah. of experiments and the changes, uh, what's your productivity tip? How do you sort of keep all of this under control? Yes. I was actually going to say probably my, my biggest highlight on its link to the productivity is just having a, an amazing team. So I think, you know, like uh, uh, for me, it's it's about finding the best talent. Yeah. Uh, it's about finding people that are best at one skill than me uh, and just, uh, you know, unleashing them across the organization. Uh, after five years, you know, you kind of, uh, you, you've established some of your network across the organization and it's really around, uh, okay, how can I, you know, use uh, the platform in order for, uh, for people to, uh, uh, to be able to also develop their ideas, uh, and push them forward. Uh, but I think that the, you know, people will be the highlight, uh, and people will be the secret of the productivity. Well, <laughs> uh, and, at and the that, same time. <laughs> and that's the thing, it, that's, that's hard to replicate as well, isn't it? So, uh, you know, if the secret source is the people, then it's very difficult for your competitors to compete in that sense, isn't it? So I've, I completely agree with you. Hire better people than you at doing stuff, and then you're you're onto an absolute winner. So, um, I, I guess to, 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 to just to your point, I think you know the thing is, uh, uh, and and you have to work out for that. But uh, you you have to make the environment, um, you know, like uh, relevant for people that they can feel a sense of purpose and they can feel a sense of achievement. Um, and at the end, you know, like uh, uh, let's be honest, that banking traditionally are you know more hierarchical structures that are uh, for good reason, uh, you know, like. Uh, uh, control uh, by risk processes uh, because this is the nature of what we do so there is nothing wrong with that but just like how do you blend uh, you know like uh, uh, the commitment uh, and, and you know making it safe for the customer 
uh, with okay the creativity, the innovation uh, that uh, that uh, you need to uh, to empower all your team. Um, and I think you know it's interesting because it touched new generation of leadership, uh, in touch new ways of working. That uh, we talk about the concept of team of teams. Uh, we talk about the concept of uh, alacracy. Uh, so you know how do you do that uh, in a very large scale? Yeah, it's a it's a constant challenge, and, and you know as you referred to, really, it's a it's an evolving thing, isn't it? So it's there's no magic process or team structure that fixes this. It's as the technology change and as the challenges change for the for the organisation, then it's a you know a constant evolution, isn't it? Um, I guess to 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 finish, what what do you, has been the probably the the number one tip you've been given as in career advice you know what was the you know the thing you refer back to as the you know this was the point where i was like uh, i didn't know what i was going to do but now i'm now i know or maybe in a tough situation how somebody really sort of moved you forward in terms of where you're at that's a good question um i think you know just just three simple examples i think the one of the best advice was early on my career to be to be a specialist and not rely uh, just on my soft skills. Mm-hmm. I think the the second one was really to be daring, you know, like uh, to to embrace, uh, you know, like uh, some of the changes and to make them happen. Um, and and the last one was probably to to be a disruptor, but in the right way. Uh, so I think you know there is nothing. Um, my husband often say, you know, like uh, uh, frustration is a sign of your ambition, uh, but you want to keep the smile when you come to work, and you want to uh, have that uh, have that coming on the right way. Definitely, I like the idea of that. Be uh, be a disruptor, but not disrupting. That sounds sounds like a good thing. So, Claire, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, David.